We're going to read the Word of God in the New Testament and in Paul's letter to Ephesians. And we're going to read two passages. First of all, a few verses in chapter number 1. And at verse 15, Ephesians 1, and at verse 15. And we're reading down to the end of the chapter. Ephesians 1, at verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, and the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, uh, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now we turn to chapter 4 and we read at the beginning of that chapter down to verse number 16, Ephesians 4. Verse number one. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. The grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who had also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ, from the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Amen. This is God's word, because that we bless to us these readings from it. Now we turn to sing to God's praise from Psalm number sixty-eight, and at verse seventeen, it's on page three zero three, and we're reading the psalm which was quoted in that second passage that we read, Psalm sixty-eight, and at verse 
17. God's chariots, 20,000 are thousands of angels strong. In his holy place, God is as in Mount Sinai, them among. From verse 17 to verse Mark 20 to God's praise. Chariots twenty thousand Ephesians and chapter 4, and we can read at verse 15. Ephesians 4 and at verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The last week we started looking at something about what the Bible has to say about the church as it is the church of Jesus Christ. Now we are doing so under the, the vision that the church is promoting, which is the vision of a healthy gospel church in every community. And if we're going to be the healthy church in our community. We need to understand more and more of what the Bible says, of what the healthy church looks like, and how then we can be what God has called us to be. And of course, health means that all the members of the body and all the organs of the body and every aspect of the body is working together as it has been designed 
And these are the kind of things that we, we are looking to explore as we look at what the healthy gospel church looks like. We saw last week in Paul's letter to First Timothy, we saw the way in which Paul is drawing attention to the behavior of the people of God in God's household at the end of that chapter 3. And interestingly, these words were written by Paul to Timothy when he was in this very church in Ephesus. There is that link and connection between what we saw in that passage with regard to the character and purpose of the church that, that we find in the verses that we have in this chapter here. And when we look at the way in which Paul writes to this church, we, we remind ourselves of the way in which he left the, the leadership in this church in Acts chapter 20 and the way in which they embraced each other as, he, as they went their separate ways. There was a real closeness, a real bond between Paul and the people of God here in Ephesus. And, uh, and in that passage itself, he was concerned about the, the issues that could arise later that would threaten the well-being of the church in Ephesus. We come to this letter and we see that he follows his usual pattern and that he establishes, first of all, the whole basis of their salvation, beginning from the very election of God right through to them being brought to new life by the Spirit of God to live as the people of God in the world. And the section that we are looking at now here is the section of the letter where he is applying all of that to them. What is all of this doctrine, all of this theology, what does it mean for you in practice? And that's, of course, why we have doctrine and why we have theology, because we can be doctrinal and not be very good at practicing the very doctrine that we know. So Paul has the order, he has it, of course, correct, and he has the purpose of the doctrine set out before us. And so we are dipping into this area where Paul is asking them to be what they should be, to be what God has made them, and to be that in the city of Ephesus. And when we look closely at this chapter itself, we see that in actual fact, their health was being threatened by a spiritual disease. In the verses previous to this, we, we see the way in which they are immature. They're not growing up. They are stunted. And they are so because of the spiritual disease of waves, of every wind of doctrine and of human cunning and of craftiness and deceitful schemes. There are things going on around them affecting their relationship with their Saviour and affecting the way in which they should be working as the people of God. They are not as healthy as they should. There are symptoms of a disease and Paul wants to, to arrest that decay in their, in their lives and their experience and, and to, to restore them to, to full functioning and to good health so that they can be that church. And so against that back and re re reminding ourselves that here is a threat to their maturity and to their health, we want to look at verses 15 and 16, especially in this chapter, and to think of the church as the healthy body of Christ. I want to think first of all of the formation 
that is the formation of the body. At the very centre of what we have in these verses, in verse 16, we have, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, and to him who is the head, and to Christ. And in order to see the formation, one is to connect these words with the reading that we had in chapter number 1, and the way in which from, from, from 20, verse 22 onwards, Paul draws attention to the supremacy of Christ, to the way in which God has exalted him and given him that place which is above every other place and name. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. God granted him, gifted to him, that everything is under his feet. He has supremacy in everything whether it is people, whether it is the universe, whatever it is, he has everything under his feet. It's the dominion that God said to Adam he should have in Genesis chapter 1. It's the high place from which he fell. And here now is Christ Jesus raised from the dead, seated in the glory of heaven, and given that place which he has to occupy as the Redeemer, as the Saviour, as the Mediator, as the last Adam in whom there is redemption and in whom there is restoration to the very paradise of God. And in that place he has crowned him with glory and honour. He has given to him these words that we read of in Psalm number 8. Christ is supreme. He reigns over everything. But he does so for a particular reason. He, is, he has given him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. The church is his body. Paul possibly took the whole idea of body from the very way in which the world in which he lived understood the universe as a body of planets, the way in which they understood society as a body of people with life, with organic life, and each person in that society, in that community, being a body of people, a body of people who had a social identity and within which individual members had a particular role to play. They had a responsibility. And in that body of people, each person who belonged to the community had a responsible responsibility to one another and to each other for the sake of the body. There is that sense of body. And when we focus in more and more to see the way in which Paul understands the body, he has taken it to a new level because the body is not just for him, a group of people, but it is a gathering of people together with the same life, with the same interest, and interestingly, with Christ Jesus as their head, they find their source and their nourishment in him. And so the formation takes for us a 
a particular picture. We are here tonight as part of the body of Jesus Christ. And we have been formed as that body because, as Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 12, we have been baptized into one body. We are made to drink of the one Spirit. And we are born again by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God dwells in us. And we may be scattered across a building or scattered across the world. But in reality, the body of Jesus Christ, the Church of Christ, they are members which are joined together in his body, which find all of their, the reason for their existence and all of their nourishment from the Christ who is the head of the body. And at one and the same time, he is their ruler and he is their Lord and he is their king. He is the one to whom they give obedience. And tonight it's so important for us to understand that. That, that, that is how God in his wisdom has so formed this church. That your life tonight is in Christ Jesus. And the life of the, next, the person next to you is in Christ Jesus. And because of that, not only do you share in the life of Christ Jesus, but you are sharing the same life with everyone else who is in the body. And so the very life of Christ Jesus is what binds us to him. It's what, what binds us together. And all of the members of the body are so formed together because of that life they are inseparably bound together by the grace of God and by the purpose of God. And along with that, we see at the end of that chapter, in verse number 23 of chapter 1, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And it's at the very surface, it's a mystery to understand how his body is the fullness of him who fills all in all. And what it does mean is that as we read in, in chapter 4, the way in which he has given according to his grace in verse number 7, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ. And the fullness comes to be his fullness in his church. In other words, it's the way in which his grace fills the church. And by grace, I don't simply mean the grace that saves us. I mean especially the grace that we have in this chapter and in 1 Corinthians 12, the grace through which we serve. And the fullness of Christ is in his body, the church, because of the way in which he gives of his fullness to everyone so that we put the whole body together and the, the sum total of the body of Christ is the fullness of the grace that Christ has provided for the church to serve him in the world. And that brings us to, to the very center of the formation of the church that we are together here this evening as those who are members of the body of Christ. And you on your own cannot do everything for, for the Lord Jesus. 
I, on my own, cannot do everything for the Lord Jesus. That's not the way God has formed the body. He has formed the body in such a way so that you and the person next to you and all of us collectively put together will ensure that the fullness is there. And once the fullness is there, then the body is ready to function. The formation. It is critical to the way to the effectiveness of the church in any community that we understand this basic principle of the way in which God has formed his church as the body of Christ. He is the origin and the source of their life. He has authority over us. And under that authority, he nourishes us. And under that authority, he equips us to serve him in the gospel. And we we take the, the natural human body, all of the members of that are so marvelously designed by God so that we can do so many different things. Every part of our body important to the functioning of the body until something goes wrong and there is disease, there can be there can be amputation, there can be dislocation, there can be so many different things can happen to the body that affects its, its usefulness and its ability to do what it was created to do. And so it is in the church of Jesus Christ that its effectiveness, its health is dependent upon all of the members in their own individual good health working together collectively by with the grace, the, the measure of the gifts that Christ has given to each one working together, united by his spirit, filled by his grace, and therefore complete and perfect and ready to serve. And Once we grasp that, we are not living our lives looking and depending on other people all of the time. It's the collective, it's the members of the body, the formation, the church as the healthy body of Christ. Secondly, and following on from that, we see that we have fellowship and we see the fellowship arising from the way in which the word of God is central to the life of the body of Christ. This church here is under threat because of the disease of false teaching and deceitful schemes and human cunning and craftiness and Instead of being tossed to and fro by that, the healthy body works by speaking the truth in love. It takes us back to the 
essentials of the effective gospel church, the healthy gospel church, truth speaking. That's the literal translation of, of, of the words that we have here, speaking the truth. That's one word, truth speaking. And the leading characteristic of the healthy body of Christ is that the members of the body of Christ are truth speaking. The word of God is at the very center of every conversation and of every area of life. And we can un- understand what, why that is. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus tells us that the truth will make us free. Jesus tells us that the truth of the gospel is made up in himself. And if we love him and if we are part of his body, then the truth becomes central to our personal experience, learning the truth. And with the whole idea here that the more more we learn the truth, the more we are truth-speaking people. And how challenging is that? To bring us face to face with what we are here for and to ask ourselves, are we truth-speaking in our everyday lives? If we are witnesses, that's what we need to have. If we are effective members and healthy members of, of the church, of the body of Christ, then this is what reflects that good health. We are truth speakers. And that truth is spoken in every opportunity and in every place. And truth that is spoken because of the, the way in which that same truth has impacted upon our own lives the way in which the truth of the gospel and telling the truth of the gospel has become central to us because we understand not only how we are dependent upon it and nourished by it, but that is that very truth that makes us who and what we are. Truth speaking. I know myself that we can have conversations and we we can have conversations with people and we might be satisfied with that but we need to have the conversation where where we are truth speaking and that's when we become effective in our witness but especially here it is truth speaking in love unless both of these things are together, then the truth is going, to, is going to be ineffective. We might say a truth, and the way that we say it and what's behind what we say makes a huge difference to the impact of that truth. And this healthy body of Christ speaks the truth in that loving way And in such a way as to to communicate the love of the gospel and the spirit of the gospel as well as the truth of the gospel. And that love brings us to the very core of the way in which Jesus wanted his disciples 
to follow his example and to love one another and to do so in that self-giving way so that everything that they did was not for their own benefit but was in actual fact for them laying down life for his friends you are my friends if you do all that I command you and that brings the whole challenge to an even higher level because my truth speaking is dependent on my growing knowledge of the truth but my effective truth speaking and my effective contribution to the healthy body of the church of Christ is dependent upon my love and my love for for my saviour as well as my love for my truth for the truth of God and we remind ourselves that Jesus spoke with regard to this very church in Revelation chapter 2 and she had forgotten her first love you have all of these things you, you are doing so well in A, B, C and D in this questionnaire this examination of your health here you are you're doing so well but here is that there's this massive change in what you were you have lost your first love and no matter what else is true unless there is a returning to that first love then this decay is going to continue and this church in Ephesus is going to dwindle away and ultimately to vanish and you and I tonight have a huge responsibility that what happens in the next generation you can almost see that the trend and that the possibility that in our next generation there will be no church in Shaw's Free Church of Scotland and we may ask why that is a possibility but according to the teaching of the Bible and the teaching of Paul in, in this letter itself that is a possibility because the church is not healthy and the church is not living as it should as the people of God. And that's not to, to pass judgment on anyone. It's to try and analyse where we are. And in trying to analyse where we are and finding the explanation for that in a place to which the Bible brings us. And we need to be alert to the possibility that as they were in danger of being tossed to and fro by what was happening around them, that so that possibility is always there for the church wherever it appears generation after generation. The fellowship of speaking the truth in love togetherness that love for one another and love for our saviour and love for his word and speaking that truth day by day and it is that fellowship that guarantees steadfastness and that guarantees growing up and continuing health 
Rather than speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head. Here is the healthy development, the, the, the growing up, the, the, the way in which there is that fruit bearing that comes from the proper functioning of, of the body of Christ because of its behavior and because of sharing and speaking the truth, because of that, protected from outside influences, protected from the very thing that, that threatens its growth and its maturity, and, and, and instead of being, being drawn away and, and sucked out from where they should be by that, there's that sense of vitality, that sense of recovering health and that sense of being on that journey to the full maturity of the people of God and that full maturity as it grows up into the person who is our king and who is the source of our life and who is our nourishment the growing up and very often the biggest hindrance to a person's to a, the diagnosis of a person's illness and that person's recovery is the reluctance of that person to place him or herself in the hands of the medical profession a denial of symptoms a covering up of what has gone wrong and hoping that things will go away and hoping that life will continue as it was. And as individual Christians, as well as the church, as the body of Christ, we can have the same kind of approach to where we are. Refusing to open our lives to the piercing and analyzing eye of the word of God to put its finger on anything that may be wrong so that it can be righted by the great physician to bring about that kind of healing that will remove that, that threat to our, to our spiritual well-being and to our effectiveness and by removing that then restoring and we see a person coming from the hands of the medical profession we see them going from strength to strength and recovery day by day. It's wonderful to see that. How much more exciting and wonderful to, to see all of the people of God growing up into the maturity and growing up into the level of, of steadfastness and growth that we should have in the Lord Jesus to see that kind of developing beauty it speaks of health and strength and vitality and whatever the problem was that hindered the development it's now been taken away and there is that returning to where we should be that sense of fellowship which brings about that fruitfulness and brings about that sense of a living group body of people 
through whom the life of Christ is working and that life moving around in communities, in towns and cities, in the everyday life of the church in the world. There is a formation that is central to the functioning of the church. There is that fellowship which makes, which ensures that it grows up and matures and remains healthy. And there is, as a result of all of that, there is fitness. Fit for purpose. And that's where the healthy church is found. And that's what we come to in, in verse number 16. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds up itself in love. The whole body joined and held together. It's the Spirit of God and the love of Christ Jesus. It is the fellowship of the gospel where the whole body is joined together. There is that organization, there's that coherence, and there's that sense of all of the parts blending together to make it the effective whole. And because of that, held together by every joint with which it is equipped. And that draws attention to two things. And every joint speaks about the ligaments, what keeps and holds the, the body together. The joints are speaking to us about position of being in the body of Christ. And every joint that, that holds the body together is every believing Christian, every person who's a member of this body, positioned in the body and playing its own part, being that ligament which binds and makes a bond to every other person. And so joining the whole of the body together. And those who are ligaments like that, who join the body together by every joint with which it is equipped. If the joining, the joint and the ligament speaks of, of the ligament that holds the body together, all of the members, the equipping is the grace of Christ, the Spirit of God, the, the fullness of Christ as we saw at the end of chapter 1. And so tonight, you and I are, are not part of this body because of ourselves or by ourselves. We are not truth speaking in love because that's what we want to do ourselves, that's what we can do ourselves. We fulfill that purpose because we are equipped by the gift of the Spirit of God and, and the particular gifts that that Spirit gives to us in the purpose of God and with the purpose of Christ for the working of his body. And so tonight, these two things are what makes us effective. They are the two things that, that 
ensure that we do work together. And we don't want to, to leave this important subject without encouraging ourselves with the knowledge that Christ equips everyone who's a member of his body, equips them to play their own part. And no one can say tonight that they cannot do. Because the fact of the matter is, Christ has equipped you to do something that the next person is not equipped to do. And so it is for all of us. But if we put all of the equipping together, then the ligaments, they hold the body together. And by the grace, the Spirit of Christ, we do our own individual thing. And all the individual things, things pull together. Each part is working properly. We can listen to so many things. We can listen to the ticking over of, 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 a, of a motor engine. Uh, and the expert on, on engineering will, will listen to the ticking over and will sense that there is something wrong with the engine that's not functioning as smoothly as it should. There is something, there is a fault in the system somewhere. And here we are looking at something similar, that the body, the Church of Christ, works properly when you and I are joined together in this way, equipped by the Spirit of God, taking over. Not in the sense of just surviving, but taking over and working in accordance with the, the cycle and the design of God. And taking over in that sense brings about a, a thriving body, makes for the body to grow building itself up in love. And your faith and, and my faith, we, we need, to, need so much to, to build up that faith. And we are so conscious of, so often of the weakness of our faith and the coldness of our love. And here, when all of the members of the body pull together and come together and work together, then it strengthens your faith by truth speaking and, and it strengthens the faith of the other person and of all of the other people by your truth speaking and they in return go and do the same in accordance with what Christ has given to them. And so tonight let's, let's reflect on that as we, as we think of the church as the healthy body of Christ, let's remember its formation, its remarkable, and his reign over us and his life in us, our fellowship as we work in this intricate way as the members of the body of Christ and the way in which we grow up and mature and bear fruit to his glory. And may God help us to be that kind of people and that kind of gospel church and with the blessing of God and with a prayerful exercise before him knowing what it means for this healthy church to be effective in accordance with God's call.
May God bless his word to us. Let us pray. Most gracious God, how we do need you and how we do look to you. Help us so that we will not be taken up so much with looking into ourselves and being disappointed at our own failings. Help us to look up to you and to be encouraged in the knowledge that you are the God who equips and who has given off your spirit to all of your children so that they will be what you want them to be, so that they will grow up into maturity. Bless your word to us, we pray, and encourage us individually and encourage us together and give strength to us tonight and always to remain faithful and loyal to you and to speak your truth, to do so in love and so to know your blessing in our lives personally and collectively from day to day with your last. So hear our prayer and accept us for Jesus' sake. Amen. The closing psalm is Psalm number 133 in the Scottish Psalter on page 424. Psalm 133, we sing the whole of the psalm. Behold how good a thing it is, and how becoming well, together such as brethren are, in unity to dwell. The whole of the psalm to God's praise. Behold how good a Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen.